Welcome back to the Love Your Story podcast. Today, this episode, we're talking about healing. Healing plays into our stories big time because healing is a cyclical event. We don't do it once, we do it over and over in our stories. As I ponder on this topic, I think about all the people I have interviewed. People who have lost children to hiking accidents, car accidents, suicide. People who have lost spouses and parents to murder, to suicide. A woman with an eating disorder and a man whose father tried to kill him as a child in order to prove himself a prophet in God's eyes. This is just the tip of the iceberg with the stories I've heard. The stories are raw, powerful, and illustrate people who found ways to stand up, heal, and move on to make the world better, to make their own lives better, and to rise from the ashes of pain and loss, betrayal, even self-loathing. Today's conversation is about healing because it's a part of every story. It's a part of your story. It's a part of my story. And the alternative is to suffer. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. The things we must heal from are myriad. What affects each of us and how it affects us is very personal, that personal hero's journey. And the beauty of that is the utter brilliance of it. We each have a personal journey that specifically plays out according to the things that we individually need to learn. Nobody's journey is the same. I personally think the strongest heroes have been given the toughest journeys, the toughest challenges. So if yours is feeling pretty beat up right now, take heart and badass up because you're one of the superheroes. You're one of the tough ones that can handle what you're being given. Oprah Winfrey said, quote, like me, you might have experienced things that caused you to deem yourself unworthy. I know for sure that healing the wounds of the past is one of the biggest and most worthwhile challenges of life. It's important to know when and how you were programmed so that you can change the program and doing so is your responsibility, no one else's. There is one irrefutable law of the universe. We are each responsible for our own life." Unquote. Let me tell you a story. In 2016, when I started my emotional intelligence training, I didn't really know how to get past where I was. I felt stuck. I knew I didn't trust men, but I wasn't really sure how to get around that. Fact was fact. My experiences had shown me that they created pain, that they weren't honest, that the things that they focused on were very self-serving. And then, thank God, I started a journey of healing. It involved crying and screaming and vulnerable emotional (laughs) exposure. It involved telling my stories and reframing them away from victimhood into learning. It involved people who guided me, mentors and heralds, life coaches, It involved my shadow self and my hero self. I arrived in Columbus, Ohio with my friend Anissa, my friend Sally, who was my herald in this case. 
had told me I needed to go to this conference and being the ever so obedient friend, she would laugh at that. <laughs> we bought tickets and figured that if it sucked, we'd just go and have a great weekend in some place that we'd never been. We got our hotel room and the next three days when we were there at the conference totally pushed my buttons. One of the first exercises we did though was to arbitrarily find a partner, a buddy, and to sit across from them. You had to look them in the eyes. You didn't have to say anything. In fact, you weren't supposed to. We were instructed to simply maintain eye contact. This was someone I did not know, had never spoken to, and it was a man. As we sat across from one another, staring into one another's eyes and holding hands, tears started to roll down my cheeks. I was so embarrassed. This was the very beginning of the workshop. I didn't know who this person was. I was staring into the eyes of some man I didn't know, and I couldn't stop myself from crying. Where was this coming from? Wow, I thought, I am, I am in for a ride. But I really, really wanted to figure out, figure out what was holding me back, figure out how to heal. So I kept at it. The leader of the workshop pissed me off right off the bat. He felt so arrogant to me and he was disrespectful to the students. That's how it felt to me at the time. But I stayed and I bit my tongue because I wanted to move forward. And instinctually, I knew something was going to happen here. I didn't know how this was going to work or what was going to happen. But I knew that this was where I needed to be. That trip to Ohio for me was just the start to my healing journey, but it was part of my journey, a really important part of my journey. And what I learned was that we don't have to stay stuck. Healing isn't just dealing with what we've been dealt because we don't have any way around it. Healing is so much more. little plaque a friend gave me for Christmas this year. It shows a cute travel trailer and it's all cartooned up and it says, sometimes your journey will take you off your path. It's all part of the same trip. When I think about the idea of each of us embarking on our hero's journey, fraught with struggles and gifts just for us on our own personal trip, when I picture that each of us have our own heralds put in our path to bring us the messages that we need when we need them, and the mentors to guide us and provide motivation and inspiration, gifts for our own personal journey. When I think of our own individual threshold guardians who challenge us with challenges that are specifically made for us to learn what we need to learn, to see how badly we want what we think we want, and the tricksters in our stories that bring energies of mischief and draw attention to imbalance, but are personal for us, exactly the way we need it. Well, the idea of the individualized hero's journey does a couple things for me. First, it gives me hope. When I'm feeling like I have got to be off the path and I'm wandering around lost on somebody else's hero's journey, when I feel like I'm stuck in a bog or the antagonists are too fierce, the dragon's teeth is too sharp and completely unfair or that things are not playing out the right way. I just know they're not. I come back to the idea that maybe I'm exactly where I need to be, learning what I need to learn. And then the panic subsides. The second reason is that it makes me excited. If this journey is going to play out exactly as I need it to, then I'm not alone. I'm guided. There is purpose beyond my own doing. And that makes me excited about what great adventure lies ahead. 
What will happen today? Who will I meet? What idea will come? What abundance will show up? Third, I get to have double appreciation for the people who come into my life and walk my path with me. They are my beloved tribe or my teachers, my mentors, my heralds. They are people made for my story. They are the characters in my story. They are a part of my divinely orchestrated story. How cool is that? And how cool are they? And then fourth, we deal with the villains. The villains in my life become less scary in a way. They become part of the story of learning, forgiveness, and healing. A part of my journey, a part of my story. And while I don't like them, I won't pretend that I do. If I trust that they have purpose, and then I seek to find the meaning, they end up playing a role that is incalculably valuable. So how do we heal? In my own life, I have sought healing over and over, every time my heart was broken. During my marriages, there were horrible things to try and survive and heal from. When I do stupid things that hurt other people, there's often regret and pain that I have to work through, that I have to heal from my own mistakes. When mean people hurt me, sometimes it takes ages to dare to engage with people again, and I have to heal from those spaces before I'm good at it again. I have tried everything in my healing processes from avoidance to prayer to hiding to running off to service to reading voraciously to getting a rebound boyfriend, etc., etc. It's a process. But the most powerful ways of healing I have found have been two specific things. These are the big ones. The first is that I always turn to God. In the scriptures, Jesus is repeatedly referred to as the master healer, as the great physician. Does this mean that when we ask that everything will be put back as it was? Well, Dr. Wendy Ulrich explained the difference between healing and cure. She says, quote, let me first distinguish healing from cure. Cure returns us to our previous state of wellness, which is usually what we long for. But the scriptures never speak of the gift of cure. They speak of the gift of healing. Healing is a different process from cure. Healing involves a spiritual and emotional reweaving of our life story to incorporate, not merely remove our injuries. I'm not done with the quote, but I just want to repeat that again. Healing involves a spiritual and emotional reweaving of our life story to incorporate, not merely remove our injuries. It involves growth and personal change, maturation into a new state of deeper trust in God, despite not in the absence of suffering." Unquote. That has been my experience. When we are healed and when we go through that process, we take the things that have happened to us and we reweave them into the people that we have become because we can never go back and be the person that we were before the events happened to us. We have changed. But we get to choose, do we change in positive ways or do we allow that change to be fraught with bitterness, resentment, anger? Or do we become wiser? Do we become softer? Do we become more filled with faith and hope? Do we take the things that happen to us and reweave something beautiful or something ugly? There have been times when the pain 
so racked my body that I fell to my knees in tears, begging for it to stop. And it did, just like that. More than once, it's been taken from me. These times are the miracles and the mercies of God. There's no question in my mind about that, for no one else could have done it. There are also processes we must go through. God removing the pain from me momentarily didn't change the situation or what I would have to deal with. There was no instant cure. It didn't take away the resulting baggage necessarily. It just gave me a reprieve for a moment so that I could stand back up and continue on the journey. But inevitably, in the end, I have been brought to a place of the spiritual and emotional reweaving of my life story that allows me to include a level of empathy, understanding, to refrain from judgment, to have not even want to judge, to realize I have no space to judge, and an overall comprehension of the human experience that I most certainly did not have before my suffering. This was gained with time and with processes and paths of healing that I have no doubt that God put before me. Which brings me to number two. This is what I call the reframing process. We've talked about this before. It's my patented, okay, I didn't really patent it, but it's my five-step process for being able to reframe our past stories that we need to heal from so that we can move on down our path and get on with our journey. This five-step process is covered in detail in episode 46 through 50. And I created this process by taking my experiences with healing through those emotional intelligence conferences, through trial and error, through the things that worked and didn't work, and making it usable for you, for other people, giving back, taking these things, creating this process, and packaging it for others to start in their healing process. Hippocrates said, quote, healing is a matter of time, but is also sometimes a matter of opportunity, unquote. Tools, workshops, therapists, my five-step process, professional counseling, these are opportunity. I posed a question on Facebook and asked my friends what they do to heal. I got a tremendous response and it varied from journaling to drinking to being forgiving of themselves and others allowing themselves to grieve, acknowledging their higher power, and on and on. I think I was simply most impressed by how thoroughly people had created ways to heal. It was beautiful. It was detailed. It was thorough. The creation of the Love Your Story movement started as a place of healing. It was about me healing and learning to love my story and wanting to help other people do the same thing. Not to take the place of Christ as the master healer, of course, but as tangible steps in a mortal world to help us process our grief, our discomfort, our shame, our regrets, our own inevitable human messiness. To love ourselves fully, we must come to love and accept our stories, finding their beauty and meaning despite and even because of the valleys of darkness we have walked through. This is key to being whole. Love your story equals love yourself. After our wounds have sat with us for a while, not while they are raw, but after time has dulled the terrible pains, there comes a space of needing to make peace with the experience. Let me share these five steps to reframe and heal from our sacred and terrible places. 
That way we aren't just talking in generalized terms about healing, but I'm actually giving you actionable steps that you can take. So step one is accept it. Most life stories turn out drastically different than we plan for or expect. That's the nature of the adventure of life. No one plans for heartbreak, disease, loss, abuse, the cadre of other experiences that take us off the course. We have planned for ourselves and our happily ever afters. In my research, as I've mentioned before, only one out of 20 people had lives that turned out as they thought they would. The first key to loving your story is to truly accept that you are not the only one who didn't have the happily ever after you expected. You're not alone in the unexpected trajectory of life. Your path has been and will be full of both the good and the bad on your own personal journey. That's how it is for everyone and you're no different. Even the people who look like they have it all don't. Most of you know that. Life is messy and that's okay. Accept it. Accept yourself. Accept your own pain, your own experiences, your losses, your beautiful, oftentimes broken self. That's our starting point. Debbie Ford said, quote, The greatest act of courage is to be and own all that you are, without apology, without excuses, and without one's masks to cover the truth of who you really are, unquote. There's nothing that we can do to change the past. We get to sift out the gold from the dross and then move forward in full acceptance because we can change the future. Step two, claim your story. Shame causes us to hide. And as we hide our stories, the characters loom larger and uglier in the dark. When we tell our stories, we rip away the curtains covering the events. We claim them as they are, and we let the light shine on the reality. When we do this, we often find others who have similar experiences that help us or walk with us on our path, or we simply own them and their power fades in the light. What was once a looming dragon is unveiled to be less sinister as we claim it, say it out loud, and feel the emotion it creates. Telling the story is the beginning of healing. Telling your story can mean different things. And I want to be clear, I am not suggesting post it on Facebook. That's probably not a good idea. What I mean is say it out loud in a safe place. This might be a professional, a friend, a stranger, a life coach. Tell the story, feel the emotion, let it be what it is, but say it out loud. In Ohio, I told stories I'd said out loud to very few people. It was terrifying. It was freeing. It was paramount to being able to accept them. But the safe place to do this is in a place of non-judgment with someone who can let you tell the story and simply let it be what it is. Okay, step number three. Find meaning and purpose in your experience. When events happen in our lives caused by either ourselves or others, there is always something that can be learned. This might be the most important step in the process. For me, the culminating purpose or meaning that I identified for my story, my story as a whole, was simply that all the things I had gone through, the heartbreak, the betrayal, the guilt, the fear, the abuse, the abandonment, the struggles of a single mother, the loneliness, led me to a place of greater understanding, of greater empathy for others, 
and a broader experience that now allows me to connect with a larger range of people. Finding meaning for me was not about excusing anyone, not even myself. It was simply acknowledging the greater takeaway and what that meant to my personal development, my personal goals, and my acceptance of my own story, my own life path. Even the parts, heck, maybe even especially the parts that I did not control. Your meaning will be very personal to you. But when you can find meaning to your suffering, it ceases to be just suffering. It begins to take on the expanded life that allows for the reframe, that allows for you to find value in the hard things that happened. I've talked about Viktor Frankl before when he helped his patient realize that his wife's death meant she didn't have to suffer without him as she would have if he had died first. When he helped his patient discover this and understand this, it gave his suffering meaning. This was all he needed to be able to move forward. When Annadel Lemon in episode 65 created a platform to help others forgive and heal from their life tragedies, it gave meaning to her father's murder of her mother when she was 15 and from his subsequent suicide because she created something from the ashes of her broken family. When Tammy Johnson in episode 60 focused on her son's death as a release from his depression and struggle rather than the deep loss of this 16-year-old high school student. She created meaning that allows her to find peace. What meaning do your sacred wounds hold? Okay, step four, look at others' points of view. We each grow up with a set of lenses we look through to see and interpret events in our lives. These lenses include our religion, our gender, our socioeconomic standing, our education, our culture, our race, our families, what side of the track we live on, etc., etc. There's a ton of them. And no set of these are exactly the same for any one person. These lenses, stacked one on top of another, give us our worldviews. I've, I've talked about it so much, but it's, it's one of these things that's really important for people to get. It's like a set of glasses with a stack of a dozen lenses on it. Once we come to understand that, it's easy for us to see how others around us can interpret life events differently than we do because we're all looking through a different set of these glasses influenced by so many different things that we see as fact. Taking off your glasses and making an attempt to look through another set of lenses or just even to recognize that your lenses are not the only way of seeing things can lead to an increased understanding and an empathy for others and their part in your story. And sometimes, depending on the story, this is extremely important. Consider these questions. Did the other person do the best that they knew how to do at that time? Considering their lenses, how might they have interpreted, seen, or justified their role in your story? If you had been in their shoes with their lenses, would you have possibly behaved in a similar way that they did? What would that have looked like? Maybe take stock of what do you feel for others in your story? Is it anger, empathy? Do you feel sorry for them? Is it fear, understanding, sadness, forgiveness? While not all of these questions may apply to you and your story, it is a place to start in broadening perspective as you prepare to reframe. And that brings us to the final step, step five, which is the reframe. With these new perspectives, how does your story change? 
How do you see it differently now that you have accepted that it's your story, now that you've said it out loud, now that you have considered the meanings, the purposes behind the things that you struggle, the things you could learn and take away from it, now that you've considered the role that other people played, what new insights help you to see the story in different ways? Now, I want to be clear, reframing is often not a one-person exercise. We are so entrenched in our own perspectives, in our own stories. So if you need help to see different angles and perceptions of the event, find someone to work with, a therapist, a life coach, a friend, a loved one. Call me and I can do story coaching with you. Someone that is detached enough from your story to be honest with you. Someone who will be able to suggest new perspectives and honest enough to do so will be really important in this reframing part. If you're getting stuck, retell the story from a different perspective here with a broadened understanding. How does the story change? Now, for me, Each of these steps needed to take place, even though at the time I wasn't aware of how they were building on one another. I wasn't aware of how things were shifting. Once I stepped out of the victimhood and accepted the experiences, the regrets, the shameful spaces, the unfairness, the deep loss, the pain, into spaces of increased understanding, then I could step into step four where I could allow the humanness of the others in my life without the same bitterness, without the same resentment or anger that I'd been carrying along with me. I could see them on their own learning path, struggling to do the best that they could at the time. And then by the time I got to step five, it became a sigh of relief as each of the other steps played their part. And my perception of my unexpected life story shifted into a place of acceptance, even relief, and appreciation. Oprah Winfrey said, quote, every person carries her own story of hope and sorrow, victory and loss, redemption, joy, and light. Everyone has had her share of life lessons. How well you learn from them is up to you. When you choose to see the world as a classroom, you understand that all experiences are here to teach you something about yourself and that your life's journey is about becoming more of who you are. Another miracle We all get to share in the journey. The hardest experiences are often the ones that teach us the most. Whenever trouble comes my way, I try to ask myself, quote, what is this really about and what am I supposed to learn from it, unquote. Only when I perceive what the real lesson is, can I make the best decision and grow from the experience. After everything that's happened to me in all of my years on this earth, what I'm most proud of is that I remain open to evolving I know that every physical encounter has a metaphysical meaning, and I'm open to seeing it all. Unquote. Oprah's so wise. (laughs) The miracle of healing, of transforming our darkest places into such things as peace, acceptance, increased light, understanding, patience, empathy, love. It is always a process. These five steps are not something you'll buzz through in a week. It's a process guided and supported by God who always seeks to heal us, to love us, to hold our hand as we grow. It is a process of chosen opportunity. It is a process of time, forgiveness, gentleness with ourselves, and tremendous growth. Sometimes we need to find healing for everyday differences. All healing is not about major life struggles. In these cases, the five steps can still be readily applied. 
I'm sure that you have your own ways of dealing with healing also. I'd love to hear your thoughts and the things that you do to heal. If you will go to the website, loveyourstorypodcast.com, and under this episode, tell me your thoughts or experiences on this topic. I would love to open conversations about how this works for you. And also, please know that I have set up an online course with the five steps for reframing your story that is guided. It helps you go through each one. It has questions that you answer and um, assignments to help you go through each step in that process. If that would be useful to you, please go to the website. You can sign up for that. Thank you for tuning in today for another discussion on how to create our best life stories on purpose. If you want additional help, if you're finding that it's not something that you feel like you can do on your own, reach out to me for personal story reframing coaching. You can email me at lori at loveyourstorypodcast.com. My best to you on your healing journey. Also, the 21 Day Challenge is still available on the website. Sign up for 21 days of life hacks sent to your inbox one day at a time. Challenges that will have you living a richer life story every day, creating more love and more possibility and more connection and more satisfaction with your story on purpose. What have you got to lose, people? Live big, create possibility. Try it out. It's only $39 and we will see you next week.